Welcome to So Much More. I'm Jody Nisnik. This is a podcast designed to help you create space for God. Jesus, in some of his last words found in John 16, 12, stated, There is so much more I want to tell you. He then pointed to the Spirit as the one who would come, who would further his teaching by bringing his word to life for us. So much more creates space for God to reveal his truth through his word. Today, I'm excited to have Angie Bowman with me as we have a conversation around Psalm 16 and what the Lord is teaching her. Angie is a pastor. She is a Bible teacher, author, podcaster, and she is also the founder of Steady On Ministries and the creator of Step-by-Step Bible Study Method. Angie, welcome. So glad you are here. I am so honored to be here talking with you about this today, Jody. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, so yeah, I just gave a long list of some of the things that you do, and those are some of the high points, but why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are? Yeah. So I, I am a student of the word. I am passionately in love with the Bible, and it is because I am a trauma and abuse survivor who for a long time tried to prove myself worthy of God's love by doing. And it is through getting to know him over the last 20 plus years. So it didn't happen overnight by any means, but uh, it, it has been through getting to know him in the stories and passages of the Bible that has helped me understand. And I'm continuing to understand uh, that what he most wants for me is to see myself the way he sees me. Mm. Um, and that peace really comes when I agree with him about who he says I am and who he says he is. And so the more I continue to learn those truths in the word, the more I find deeper healing from some of the things that have really chained me, uh, for years. And so, so I'm a student of the word. I think that's what I am. And I'm a wife and I'm a mom. I'm a wife to Matt, 23 years, a mom to Alex and Josh, 17 and 11 and uh, we live in Southern Illinois in a university town, and, and we love it here. So. Mm. I love that God's word has been a source of healing, reframing, and that that's what drives you in yeah. his word. It is. It's such, it's such a place. I mean, and honestly, Psalms are that yes. for me so much. I have just been in this season of change and transition, and I can't get out of the Psalms, which is why we're starting this new series in the Psalms and you are kicking it off. And I'm so glad because Angie and I uh, became friends a few months ago when I was on her podcast and she is one of those people that I just connected with immediately. Um, So there's really no better person to kick this off than you. And I'm so excited about that. I love it. Thank you so much. Well, before we dive into our conversation, let me read the psalm for us, the selected verses. Um, We're reading verses 5 through 10 of Psalm 16, and it says this, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure, 
because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. All right, so we did this passage as a Lectio, asking the Lord to draw our attention to a word or phrase. So Angie, where did he take you as you did this? Okay, before I tell you that, can I just say, you could do like a podcast series on these verses. There's so much in these verses, but the thing that stood out to me, just like bold, like flashing light when I read through it, you know, the first couple of times was this idea of boundary lines Mm. in verse six, where it says the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. And when the Lord first like zeroed me in on that, I guess, or zoomed me in on that, one of the things I like to do is look at it in other translations and look at words, you know, and stuff. And so I kind of started just poking at it a little bit. And I loved it in the common English Bible. It said the property lines have fallen beautifully for me. So that's the thing that just like stood out right away to me. Yeah. I love, I love that. That's one of the places that I get stuck in a positive way in this Psalm as well. Um, so tell us a little bit more, you know, so he draws your attention to this. What specifically then were you talking with him about? Like, tell me about how that is applying to your life right now. So at first I just started thinking about my house, this house that we live in, because this word for lines is like a rope or a territory. Um, it also is from a word that means to bind or to make a pledge. And so I just had this idea. I don't know if you've ever bought a house, Jody, but like when you sit at the bank, you know, and you're signing all the paper, like you're making this commitment, you're like, how many years am I going to be working on paying this house? You know what? There's this commitment, right? But then you have this little piece of property. We have three quarters of an acre, you know, on a corner lot in this university town on in this quiet neighborhood. And it's sort of ours. These are our property lines, you know? And it's not special by a lot of standards. It's not. It's a nice home. We keep our yard nice. I don't spend any money on landscaping, but, you know, it's fine. Uh, It's fine. The boys have played out there for years. We've been in this home for 12 12 years. Um, We keep it pretty tidy as long as you don't go into my kids' rooms, you know. Uh, I don't have an eye for decorating, so I still have, you know, my couch is 23 years old because we got it right after we got married. This is just the truth, right? So it's yeah. not, it's not special, but it's where we come and it's where we mm, stay. Mm. And so it's so special to me. Like it's yeah. kind of everything to me. You know, I was, I was thinking about, as I thought about this little piece of property, this, this territory, these boundary lines, I thought about all the times I've come home, like even after disappointment or grief or tragedy, like this is where you come back to, you know, the times that we've been in this home to celebrate, to fellowship, to rest the hard conversations we've had here, the Mm -hmm. arguments we've had here, the important conversations, the kind of conversations that moved you forward into something that happened in these rooms, in this Mm -hmm. space. Mm -hmm. I think about my relationship with my husband. It's, this is where we fight. This is where we hold hands. This is where we make love. Like these things happen in this house. It's where we sometimes leave angry, where we sometimes come home defeated because something in our days have broken our heart, but these boundary lines, this space Mm. is beautiful, you know, Mm. because it's our shelter. It's our strength. It's our security. I think that's why it's so awful. And when your home is violated or when there's a, you know, a natural Mm. disaster or something and your home is threatened or your home is destroyed because we want to very much like our faith communities, we want to believe that this is a place that is warm and welcoming and safe and that there's nothing to, hard to like make us turn away from it. And so 
when I listened to God in this verse, I really like, I, I wept because when I was growing up, mm. I didn't have that. Mm. I, we moved around a lot. Uh, my parents were, I would say relationally neglectful if that's okay to, you know, if that's got, maybe that's a, a way that your listeners can understand what I mean there. Um, I didn't have connection with extended family. I didn't have connection with community. My father was an itinerant pastor. So we always lived in parsonages when I was growing up. So they weren't ours. And depending on the kind of church that you served, they were more and less honoring of the fact that a family mm. lived there, you know? And so mm. sometimes it just depended on kind of the church's attitude uh, with the house, but it never, it had our things, our things moved from place to place, but we moved every two to three years, you know, when I was growing up and I switched wow. schools a lot and, um, I always knew things were temporary. It's kind of like this best not to let your guard down and get too comfortable, you know, mm -hmm. when I was growing up, cause we weren't staying very long. But as I was thinking about this verse, there was just this sharp, not in a bad way, like this strong reminder that so much of that God has redeemed. And he was yes. just inviting me to look at that because not just in a house. And of course I know houses are temporary, right? Like I know they are, but like, we've been able to raise our children in this house. Um, but also our family has just such a different commitment to each other than what I experienced growing up and my life now. And the life that I've been able to create for my children far from perfect. So please don't hear that, but you know, but it's, it's so it, it's so, so much more like sec emotional security, relational right. security right. than something that I had. And I just, I just felt like in that, that boundary lines description, God was inviting me instead of, I have a tendency to look at the things I don't have. Mm. And it was just this invitation. Mm. There's this scripture in Habakkuk. I think it's three 17 and 18. And I, it's means so much to me where Habakkuk is talking about, even if the figs don't blossom and there's no uh, sheep in the stall and the, there's no harvest and uh, no crops in the field. You know, the verse I'm talking about mm -hmm. yet, I will rejoice yet. I will praise him. And the one thing that I know that I do Jody is I can spend so much time looking at the fields that are empty yeah, and ignoring the abundance of production in the fields. And That's... I felt like this was a reminder of that. Like That's there's such a good word your property lines are beautiful mm -hmm. and, um, and it's okay to rejoice in that. Mm. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love, there's a couple of things that you said in there that I really resonate. The first, I mean, you started describing your home and it's, it's not perfect. You know, you didn't rip it out of a, a designing magazine, No, ma'am. Uh, but it's home it is, it's the place that you can come back to. And I love how God has done that work of, of kind of redeeming and restoring something that you didn't have. Yeah. And, um, and I think the other thing everyone resonates with is the fact that it is hard sometimes to look at what we have and delight in it when we live in such a comparison laden yes. culture everywhere you look there's something better. Yeah. Um, and even if you get that better thing, you know what, it's out of date the next day. And so it's just, there's always something lacking and, yeah. and yet God is pulling us back and saying, no, no, you, I have given you pleasant places. I have drawn the boundary lines in pleasant places. And that may be, it's a tiny little place, but it's, it's your space. Um, and, 
there is, there's delight and there's beauty. And I love how even the Psalm starts, um, because the Psalmist who is David is saying, you, God, you alone are my portion and my cup and you make my lot secure. So all of this is because like, it's looking to God and we cut out the first part of the, the Psalm and the, the verses right before that are actually him kind of lamenting the fact that there are people around him that are not looking to God for these things, that they're looking to false gods. And, um, and there's so much rich stuff in that. So I encourage you to go back and read the rest of the Psalm too, because I think you're touching on some of that, Angie, with saying, we, we need to look at what we have and call it good and be pleased in what the Lord is doing in our life. Um, instead of looking at the false gods that other people. Yes. And, and the thing, you know, of course, after I spent some time thinking about my own home, my children, my marriage, you know, some of those things that I, I am not always as thankful for as I could be for sure. You know, he began to take me to the greater boundary lines and to remind, you know, so for your listener, that's like, well, that's good for you that you have three quarters of an acre, but I don't, you know, or whatever, or my home life hasn't improve mm-hmm. significantly or whatever. The thing is, is that our boundary lines are always pleasant outside of our worldly circumstances. Like I'm so grateful that I have comfortable worldly circumstances. I don't in other areas I do in this, right. But our boundary lines, our property lines, if you will, of our true home, our true security, um, are, are in him. Like he is always our shelter. He is always our safe place. He is always our security. We're always welcome with him. Uh, we can always laugh and celebrate and grieve and cry. He's the place where my, my belonging is always completely assured. Um, and so, you know, it just, as we, as I continued to read through this and think and pray and listen to him speak to me, it was just so obvious that like, I, that my home and what I was feeling about my home and my people is just a, the slightest, tiniest glimpse, right. Of how it is between me and him. Yeah. And I, Oh, I'm so glad you said that because there are a lot of people out there that are thinking, yeah, I'm actually experiencing some pretty significant pain and trauma right now. I can't actually say that. And this Psalm is a really interesting Psalm because it does point to Jesus The you know, the very end of it, um, verses nine, 10, and then there's one more verse 11, which is also beautiful. But, um, in 10, it says, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. And it was interesting as I was reading and and praying through this Psalm before we got on, um, I was noticing that this Psalm is actually quoted twice, once by Peter and once by Paul referring to Jesus in Acts. Peter uses it in, um, the Pentecost, the sermon, um, the Pentecostal sermon that he preaches. And he basically quotes most of the, most of what we just read in this Psalm and he's pointing to Jesus. And so because of Jesus, we actually can declare these things are true, even when things are really hard because we have a greater hope. We know that there will come a day when all the things that are wrong will be righted, when truly it will feel pleasant everywhere we go. So that is the, that is the hope that we cling to. Um, and I do think there are things that even when we're going through really hard stuff, there are still things we can, we can see and delight in now that God will hopefully reveal to us. 
Um, yeah. And I think it's so important to be able for me anyway, to be able to look back at sometimes, uh, you know, I had uh, a season that I was, I would not have thought I had any property lines and I certainly wouldn't have known they were beautiful. When I was younger, I was abused by a teacher that I went, that was a teacher in my high school and he was a beloved teacher and the community didn't know what to do with that. And I hadn't been in that community very long. Like I was saying before, you know, we Mm -hmm. moved around a lot. And so I didn't have deep roots there and it was easier for them to, to decide I was lying about what had happened. And it was a very public thing than to, to, to think they'd been wrong or, you know, about him in the years that he'd been at that school. And I was certainly not the first, I mean, that's, that's how a predator works, you know? Um, but I, 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 I felt at that time when I was 16, 17 years old, that I had no people. I had no place. I had no anything. I had no boundary lines. I had no property. I had not, you know, nothing that was like that, that was sort of like mine in the world, if you will. But now looking back on that, Jody. I can see as difficult as that season was, and it was dark, you know, Mm -hmm. but I can see now how much he was still very intentional about his commitment to me, right? Go If you go back to the original word, like he had, there was a pledge to me. There was a, there was a a property line. There was a boundary. There was a, and, Mm. and I was still so his even in that season. And I guess I say that, you know, it's definitely to your listener who's like that, I don't feel safe in my worldly circumstances today. It helps me so much to know that even when I didn't feel safe, that in him, this was still true. Like I was not what you just said in verse 10, right? I was not abandoned to the realm of the dead. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he was still the one who counsels me Verse seven, even at night, my heart instructs me because he was still pouring into me, even though I couldn't really know that at that season, mm-hmm. I see that now. Yeah. It's so good. I I think that's just truth we have to cling to when we're going through those dark valley moments. He still sees me. He still loves me. He has not abandoned me. He has not taken his eyes off me. He will bring me through this. Um, And just clinging to the promises of who he is and his good character are what kind of get you through those long nights. Um, And it's hard. I mean, hearing you talk about this terrible thing that happened to you when you were so young and didn't actually have even some of the wisdom that, that you had even 10 years later or 15, you know, just to, to cling to, you just had to almost just gut it out. And you see on the other side, maybe that's the grace in that is that God was there, even though you didn't know it, he was carrying you through, even though you couldn't name it, you know, he was all around you in that situation because you were his beloved daughter and he's, you know, he still had you. He never left me. That's that's a promise. I'll never Mm -hmm. leave nor forsake you. Mm -hmm. I love you with an everlasting love. You are my masterpiece. Those are things that are just promises. And I wouldn't, I couldn't rattle those things off then, but I can rattle them off now for her then. And I think one of the keys to me for me now is to not stay there, to not live there in that place, because I, I, I have an opportunity to look at so many things that the Lord is doing in my life. So I can, I can, that's a piece of my story and it's a time that I lived through, but I live here now and that's okay Mm. to celebrate. It's okay to celebrate that too. Yeah. It's a good word. So is there anything else that surprised you about this passage? I think one of the things that remind that, that the Lord reminded me of in the passage too, 
is just how kind of like homes relationships need constant care. (laughs) If we don't take care of our property lines, then they're, they get weedy and overgrown and messy. Right. And so if you're a homeowner, it takes constant maintenance, you know, there's always a little something and I, it's not constant maintenance in our relationship with God, but it, it is intentionality. Yeah. And I think, you know, the way that I continue to like not stay there or to celebrate what I do have, recognize what I do have, some of those things, not just stare at the empty fields, but lift my eyes and, yeah. you know, all of that. A lot of that is this exercises like this. It's intentional time with him. So yeah. he can continue to say, I haven't left you. I'm not mm-hmm. going to leave you. I see you. Uh, this is what brings you peace. I want you to have life abundant. It's not wrong to be happy. You know, some of those things that, I, you know, yeah. those constant struggles. Yeah. It's um, eating. You're just yes. like, you're pulling out the little weeds. Yeah. If we yeah. let them go too far, the deep, the roots get deeper, they multiply, it's, you know, and that's why I do think, like you said, uh, it, it is something that we need to spend time with God for, because it makes the property looks much more beautiful when yes. I weed it. Yeah. My to ourselves and others. That's right. Oh, well, that's true. That's right. People driving by aren't like, file oh, a complaint with the HOA for her. Cute neighborhood, <laughs> but not at the corner. That lot is needing some work. And it's the same with our soul, you yeah. know, because it does, it pours yeah. out of us. If we don't pull those weeds out, they're going to come out on somebody yeah. else. Oh so, yeah. 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 That's a great, that's a great word. I love that you said that. Well, um, Angie, one of the things that I want people to hear from as they do this, um, as they listen to these podcasts is all the different ways that people create space for God in their lives and maintain that space for God in their lives. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how is it that you create and maintain that space for God? So I get up pretty early and I, I come downstairs in my house. I have a two-story house. I come downstairs in my house and I spend time about an hour in the morning. I come down at five and um, I do some journaling. I use a devotion that I love called the Blue Book. It's by Jim Branch. It's a guided devotional and it takes you into a psalm every day and it takes you into a scripture passage. And then I'm also kind of with that. I'm working through second Samuel, just that's where the Lord's had me for the last few months. And I just slowly work through that. So it's a combination of journaling time, study time. I do. I love words. And so part of my study is always going to original words and reading a little bit of commentary just to get more context and more information and music. I almost mm. always close my time with the Lord with songs. I have a playlist of songs that have just meant a lot to me. Things that things that help keep my property lines, you know, uh, they remind me of the truth of God. And so I do that almost every morning. I generally take one day a week that I sleep in just a little bit later, because if I'm not, I'm a perfectionist. And so if I'm not careful, I can get into, I have to do this or I'm bad, you know, like I, I, I just have bad messages. Sometimes I do. And so, and the Lord is really teaching me about rhythm and rest. And so I don't get up that early every day, but I do most days. Yeah. I love that. And I, um, I'll put a link to that devotional book that you use in the notes. Cause that sounds really interesting. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love sharing resources that Me too. are meaningful. So, um, well, the other thing that I talked about in your intro is steady on ministries. And so tell us a little bit about the ministry that you lead and yeah, tell us a little bit more about it. 
Yeah, so the focus of Steady On is to consider the lies we're believing, the places that we're stuck, and finding biblical application to help us move forward. And I do that in a couple of different ways. I try to do it by studying the Bible. I have a Bible message method called Step by Step, and it does go into one word of scripture, and we look at the original word and read some commentary and uh, we look for the heart of God in what we're studying, identifying the lie of the enemy. And so we do a, I do a Facebook live with a little group every Tuesday night at 6 PM central and love to have you join us any, anytime. And I also have a weekly podcast, which basically takes the Bible and asks how we live it out. Talk to a lot of authors and ministry leaders about their passion and that kind of thing. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. So tell us, how can people find you? What's the easiest way? If they want to join the Facebook Live or is there like a central portal they can go to and find all that? I would say the website probably livesteadyon.com because of my Facebook stuff. You can link to Facebook that way. You can link to Instagram that way. You can see uh, podcast videos, of, you know, um, all that kind of stuff is there. So, yeah. Okay. I will also put that in there. Um, so one of the things that you do also is you pastor like you don't have time for anything else. So tell us a little bit about your church in Southern Illinois. Well, thanks. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I have a windy pastoral story, but so you can do with this what you want. But I, my training is in the United Methodist Church and I served a little church for nine years. I've always served small rural churches, which I love and they keep me grounded. And, um, and then after that, I spent uh, a few years uh, as an assistant on at a different church, at a bigger church. And now I pastor a little Presbyterian church uh, and we have, it's kind of like a little, almost like a home church, a house church almost because we have music and I'm teaching right now through the book of Acts. We're just kind of combing through the book of Acts because you might've picked up on this speed is not my goal when, when I'm studying. So we've been in Acts for a long time, but we just learn our Bibles. And then we have some Q and a after I teach and uh, there's, you know, 25 of us or something like that. And it's just the most gentle, lovely place on the earth uh, to do ministry mm -hmm. right now. So it is a, it is an absolute delight. It brings me a lot of joy. My kids are happy there. My older son plays guitar and sings and uh, we just, we're learning a lot. So I, I love how you describe that gentle and happy place. Yeah. Um, I think church sadly hasn't been that for everybody. And yeah. Like when you say that, I'm like, oh, I want to come. I know. It is just this. It's a little bit of a drive for me. I but... <laughs> but we Zoom every Sunday, Jody, so you can come. We awesome. actually have we have a man in our church who's just a delight. He's almost, he'll be 101 uh, in just a wow. few weeks. He's been bedridden for a couple of years. Mm. He is sharp as can be. He's an engineer and he used to work for NASA. And, and they've still called him actually in recent years and, um, and he zooms in from his house every morning. And so we have, uh, and we have a couple of the people that zoom into, we don't live close. So we have this, we have this small congregation, but we're, you know, we're worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love it. That is one of the things that I do think COVID did for us. Yes. That was that's why we have it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Is mm -hmm. we all learned that How this, do we yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. not use this as a barrier? Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, no, yeah. no. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, Zoom is not a replacement nope. for physical presence with people. And yet it it is helpful yeah. when we can't be physically yeah. present. Yeah, he's so, with us every week and, you know, I wasn't for months. COVID is the reason that he's back with us. So, oh. yeah, it's awesome to have him. I love sure. that. And yeah. what a gift. For, yeah. For you and the church or for yeah. him and the church. Yes. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's great. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Angie. This has really been fun. It's been a delight, an honor. Thank you, Jody, so much for having me.
Hey, before you head out, if you're enjoying this podcast, I wanted to refer you to another podcast that I think you might enjoy. It's called Honestly Though, Real Talk, Real Life, Real Faith. It's a weekly podcast hosted by Rebecca Carroll and Liz Rodriguez, and they are looking at cultural issues through a biblical lens. You can find Honestly Though wherever you get your podcasts, like where you're listening to this one right now. Also, Rebecca was recently on this podcast, and I just so loved our conversation. And so I wanted to pass the work that she is doing on to you because I think that you will enjoy it. Well, thank you again for joining me on So Much More, where we believe that Jesus has so much more to say to us, and we are creating space to listen. Hello, I'm Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we are the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. What we believe is that addiction is not a surprise to God. That's right. We discuss addiction from a biblical worldview and how true freedom comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Absolute freedom from addiction. The secular worldview of once an addict, always an addict is just not true. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, subscribe to Life After Addiction at lifeaudio.com.